0: What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video if you're new here my name is Brandon today I'm filming this video close to midnight. It just seems like this is the only time I can really get away When you have this kid running around and the work and the launch it's uh, it's pretty wild and um, the time just kind of slips by you. I really hope you guys appreciate today's video If you do a great way of doing showing that support is just by dropping a big thumbs up today We are talking about the best uh, asset allocation, how to structure your portfolio when preparing for a recession. I think this is a really timely video. And actually, I spurred this idea from a Reddit post that I came across the other day. I'll just share that with you guys now. Basically, it was a young kid talking in a US forum, an American forum, but he says, Am I too conservative with my portfolio? Hi, everyone. I'm 21 years old. Just started a new job, finished my emergency fund, maxed out his Roth IRA uh, this year. Again, US stuff. But he says, goals, buy a house, blah, blah, blah. My current investment portfolio is QQQ, 50%. This is the NASDAQ, VOO, which is the S&P 500 at 25%. And then Burke, I believe he means here, Berkshire Hathaway at 25% in my brokerage account. Basically, he then goes on to talk about, you know, how his portfolio looks and asking the main question, am I too conservative? And there's a couple of really good comments that I'd like to, you know, post, uh, pinpoint here. The first one says, 100% stock is not conservative. Not only that, but you have a quarter of your money in a single company and half in concentrated large cap growth funds. Nothing about your portfolio strikes me as conservative. This decade long bull run has really warped people's perception of risk. Here's another one saying, wow, someone being hundred percent equities asking if they're being too conservative doesn't sound ominous, ominous at all, sarcasm included. Um, 100% equities being half tech. And yeah, this kid who posted this, obviously this is like no disrespect to this kid or whatsoever. He's a 21 year old and amazing for him for getting started with investing. But this one part of this comment really stuck out to me. A decade long bull run has really warped people's perception of risk. And that's what leads into our topic of discussion today because clearly if you're 100% in equities, your allocation in your portfolio, your asset allocation is 100% equities and you have no real downside protection. In this case, again, heavy tech exposure and whatnot, and I think a lot of people these days are finding themselves in this camp. If you started investing any time over the past number of years, two years ago, one year ago, during the pandemic, three years ago, four years ago, there's such a narrative that stocks only go up and that we always wanna be invested in stocks and only stocks, and that's the only place to be, especially with interest rates being so low and not really that many other alternatives, that I think a lot of investors, not just young, but old too, may be investing too Aggressively or too risky than they should, and I want to share my portfolio here, not to you know brag or boast, because there's nothing really to boast about here. But here's our well simple trade portfolio, and um, this is the one that we're building up for the challenge for you guys. And it says here up six point three six point five three percent, which is pretty pretty nice when you factor in the fact that I think the TSX and the S and P are basically hovering near flat up two or 3%. The NASDAQ obviously in itself is down 12%. So to be posting a gain on this portfolio, that's something that we're very proud about. And that comes down to the portfolio construction. It's that downside risk, the downside mitigation that we've built into this portfolio. If you've been following along again, we have so many videos on the channel that talk about that. Like we've literally been documenting it. And as part of this portfolio, we allocated, I believe it was a 20 to 25% weighting to fixed income. Now, is that the only reason why we're up or not down as much? It definitely plays a part. We also have had a lot of cash because we've been building it out and maybe just some of the stock selections have maybe done better than the broader market. But in constructing your portfolio, the asset allocation, this is just a really glimpse of an example of how when the markets do become shaky and there is a downturn, well, the way we construct our portfolio and the way we plan it out absolutely will matter. I really, really believe that's the case. And as I mentioned, this is not even a full-blown market crash that we're in. Like we're in a little correction right now. Could be going deeper, but it's times like now where I'm seeing the comments, our Academy students, for those of you that have joined, we have a lot of new students. We had a really great live session. And uh, one of the first questions we got was like, should I be having more bonds in my portfolio? Or what should my weighting be? I'll just remind you guys that if you are watching this video and you haven't heard our announcement, you can now join the investing Academy today, which is every program we've ever created along with programs from Adam Bourne, We've partnered up with them. There's some more exciting ones that I wanna say really soon, but I don't wanna jinx it, but um, it's gonna be freaking awesome. And you get hours upon hours upon hours of video content, downloads, everything you need, trade calls, a community for literally $19.99 a month. And um, that's that first link down below. But um, basically to move on to this, let's talk about why your asset allocation is important. And to me, this is really like the building block of your portfolio. It is very, very important. And your asset allocation is important because it prepares you for what lies ahead as an investor, right? In a perfect world, we'd all love to just sit here and say, well, we can be 100% equities and I'm just gonna only invest in stocks and in a bull market, we're gonna do super, super well and everything's good and dandy. But I don't care what chart you look at when you're looking back at history and what chart we will look at going over with time, there are downturns that happen in the stock market. They happen every so often. And your asset allocation, I think basically Sets you up for that so that you aren't getting crushed during those downtimes. This is especially important for newer investors who maybe haven't lived through a time like this, or maybe just investors that are more prone to making emotional mistakes, right? Excuse me. Like if you're an investor that is, you know, really on top of things and you want to look strictly at numbers, you want to say, I want to be 100%, 100% equities and I'm completely comfortable with writing out whatever the market tells, that's one thing and that could be okay but you don't really learn that until you've actually gone through a crash or a correction where you actually see your dollar figures really dropping down that you really realize, maybe I should have been more conservative. Maybe I should have protected on the downside. Your asset allocation basically does that for you. An example that we always like to give is like when you go out and buy, you know, a new car or just a car for that matter, you go out and buy your car and you kind of have to, but you do pay a little bit of money to go buy car insurance, right? You take a little bit of money and you say, Crap, I don't wanna pay for insurance. I could do probably better things with this money, but in the case of a crash or to mitigate against a potential bad thing that's gonna happen in the future, I'm gonna pay my insurance. It's basically gonna cover my butt, cover my downside. You pay car insurance, everybody's happy with that. Why should that be any different with your portfolio? And your asset allocation can essentially build that in. I'll give you guys actually one more example here that I really like. I did it in a video like probably three or four years ago now. So probably not that many people saw it. But when I'm looking to build a portfolio, and this is probably more of a personal example that may resonate with some more than others, but I like to envision it like you're building a basketball team. And I love basketball myself. I love playing, I love watching everything. And um, you know, if you were trying to construct the perfect basketball team, right? you could pick five players, five starting players, you would pick different players with different skill sets and tall players, short players, strong players, um, you know, offensive players, defensive players, specialists in their own regards, you would kind of build them up so that they complement each other, right? And it would be probably actually a really bad idea if you built your basketball team of only shooters. So you only had people that score and they don't play defense or vice versa. You had a bunch of people that only grabbed rebounds and like, you know, were big people, but they didn't have the skills to like play offense or whatever the case is. Well, this is what a lot of people do with their portfolios, right? They just go for stocks. They just go for one aspect or one asset type out there that does have one purpose, you know, to grow your wealth and to to be growing and more aggressive. But why would it be any different? And I give a really good example, you know, right now the Phoenix Suns, right? For anybody that is following, you know, playoffs are about to start, but Phoenix Suns have built a tremendous basketball team and they're maybe very likely the favorite to win this year in the nba and if you broke down their team they have their point guard they have chris paul who's you know running the ship a specialist like passing and whatnot you got your scorer in like devin booker who's amazing at shooting and offense maybe not the best on defense but you know his specialty is scoring you have your defensive specialists in this case it's bridges again, not that it really matters. And then you have your big man, your rebounder who basically is there for defense and for kind of like doing that. And you do have other players as well who maybe in this case doesn't really matter, but like any good team or machine or whatever, you want to have different components doing different things that all complement each other. That is how you should build your portfolio. I truly do believe that. And when we're talking about the asset allocation in the stock market, well, the major components that you would come across obviously if we're looking at the big major asset classes or types you'd have equities aka stocks so like the stuff that we would buy individual stocks etfs where however you decide to buy it that's up to you but you have equities or stocks you'd have fixed income or bonds you would have cash those would be actually what i categorize as the main three but you absolutely could even include things in here like maybe a section of this for commodities maybe a section for even crypto nowadays right that's a legitimate asset class out there that you can incorporate maybe even something like real estate again it depends on how you want to kind of categorize things for me i like looking at things you know equities fixed income stocks and if you do want to incorporate those other things you absolutely can and for this video like the topic is basically going to be what is the best asset allocation for you with a recession pending if we are Heading into a recession or or if we are not Um, we don't know But there are definitely a lot of catalysts that may suggest that and it's something that I've kind of felt may be um, on the horizon well You guys are all watching this video. You guys are all different ages. You guys are all different risk profiles It's impossible to say this is the best one because a 15 year old watching this video is gonna invest very differently than a 60 year old or 80 year olds but one of the methods that we teach in our academy, which again, you can go join today, which I would highly encourage you to do if you want to learn more about investing and really get on top of this stuff, is one of the age old methods just as a starting point to kind of see where you're at is by using what's called the age method. And the age method is a very simple calculation, which basically can give you a ballpark idea of whether you are, you know, as at least going back, whether you're kind of on, um, on a reasonable balance for what you may be looking for. And the age method very simply takes the number 100, you subtract your age, and that number that's left over is what your you know ballpark target weighting to equities can be, right? So let's go through an example. Let's take the number 100 and let's divide it, I mean, subtract it, excuse me, with a 40 year old. So you're 40 years old, you're in your middle ages, you may have a family, whatever the case is, 100 minus 40 equals 60, meaning 60% of your portfolio not exactly, but let's say ballpark could be allocated to stocks or equities and the remaining can be put into fixed income cash. Uh, again, those would really be the two that I would look at, but a 60-40 split. And when you look at that, you know we've all heard of the traditional 60-40 asset allocation. That makes a ton of sense, I think, for a middle-aged investor. Now, of course, if you're more conservative or more aggressive, you can tailor that to what you want. But in many cases, I think that the age method works out quite well there for a balanced middle-aged investor. What if you're a younger person watching this video and you say, hey, I'm 20 years old. Well, you take the number 100, you subtract 20, you have an 80-20 portfolio or 80% of your money, whatever that dollar figure is, is invested in stocks, the vast majority, but you do have some area allocated to either cash, maybe more cash than fixed income if you don't like fixed income, or fixed income, again, providing that buffer for you in the case of a crash where you wanna pick up opportunities or at least just mitigate on the downside because of course if you have cash in your portfolio, that's gonna help out quite a bit, right? But um, again, these are just ballpark ideas and it's okay if you don't you know, like that method of finding it out, but I'd be very curious if you guys did that you know, basically method right now in the comments below, are you guys kinda of on target as to what the age method would suggest? Are you completely off? Um, just something to consider because I think a lot of people honestly would find themselves completely off. And to build on that, what I would then say is this again, without giving you guys like a personal suggestion, because I can't do that, obviously talking to however many of you guys out there, what we can say is that if you took a look at your portfolio today, you did the age method and you kind of saw like where you're at, if you are somebody that is worried about a recession or you're worried about a downturn and you say, listen, what should I be doing with my portfolio? I know I don't wanna sell out of everything. I don't wanna sit on the sidelines and essentially time the market. I still wanna be invested in the market, but how can I make these changes? Well, a few very clear adjustments that you could make to your portfolio. I have four here, which would be quite obvious. Number one is that whatever your balance is at now, you could look to increase your cash position. So whatever you allocate to cash, bump that up by 5%, 10%, whatever you feel is comfortable. You could obviously increase your fixed income exposure and rates are going up, as we expect that to be the case going over the years. Hey, maybe fixed income's gonna be looking a little more attractive than it has over the past number of years. You could bump up fixed income. You could even go as far as increasing your exposure to a commodity such as gold, which I know there's a lot of talk uh, in the internet right now, about you need to be in commodities and whatnot. Well, hey, historically, um, a lot of people tend to believe that gold may be a nice little place to park your money uh, in a case of a recession. Uh, I would even throw in here, number four, increase your allocation to crypto, which is, I'm definitely gonna say a wild card because it's still so new, not that it's a new asset class, but there's it's just still in the big scheme of things, quite um, unknown uh, in regards to how it performs during certain time periods. But what we can say is if you do follow crypto, there has been a lot of cases where, you know, crypto kind of moves independently of the market. In some cases, actually doing the exact opposite, which again was, might actually achieve what you're looking for here. So even potentially increasing your allocation to crypto, likely the bigger, more stable, you know, cryptos, not necessarily the crappy ones, but even that would be something that may be a way that wherever you're at, if you need to be a little more, I guess that sounds kind of funny saying, if you want to be more conservative, increase crypto, maybe we'll leave that as the wildcard caveat. But the other three, absolutely from where you are, you can adjust those up because inherently what you're doing by doing that, is if you're going to be increasing cash or fixed income or commodities or whatever, you are inherently decreasing your weighting to equities. You're kind of limiting or pulling back the exposure to the stock market. And if we do have a forty percent correction or a fifty percent correction, will you have less skin in the game in that sense, while essentially kind of putting more money in your more or less, more or less insurance like? assets right the plays that are going to protect you but you're still having a lot of exposure there right i'm not saying that you want to again go all in on bonds or all in cash because that's not the point just kind of adjust things that would be honestly how i would do it um you know to kind of bring it back to like our analogy to kind of wrap things up and kind of pull piece things together it'd be the equivalent of let's assume you're the basketball team and you wanna be more defensive for whatever reason, like you're playing a team that's really offensive or whatever, or you just feel the need to do, well, maybe you sub in an extra big man, an extra defender, right? An extra rebounder or an extra defensive guy. Yeah, you're giving up a little bit of offense and scoring, but if that's the idea where you wanna position yourself in a defensive position, you can absolutely do that by doing the four things that I talked about today. Even within your stock component, your equity component of your asset allocation, you could go out and select less risky stocks or more conservative stocks. We've done videos on beta. I talk about recession proof stocks all the time, honestly. And um, if you wanna learn more about that, you can just scan the channel. There's a ton of different companies that you can buy that are still equities, but just more on the conservative side. And they're not all, you know, like all out growth stocks or like these high flying growth uh, speculative companies. You absolutely can do that too. But um, basically that was the video that I wanted to put together today. It was really spurred from that, you know, Reddit post, which was, You know, that was a 21 year old. And I would just say one more thing to kind of finish off. If you are like a younger investor and you make that decision that you want to be 100% equities, or even if you're older, I'm not against that to be honest. Like it's funny though, you know, if you look at Warren Buffett and you actually look down, I believe it's in one of his shareholder letters that he wrote to his um, shareholders. But he even said that when he dies or when he passes money along to his kids or whatever the case is, what is the direction to do with the money? take 90% of that and put that into an S&P fund or a broad based index fund, and take 10% and buy government bonds or corporate bonds or whatever it is. So even Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time, still advocates for at least having some bonds, right? But with that, if you're an investor that says, well, I understand the risks, I understand the ups and downs, I'm not gonna care what happens when the market does take a turn, well then hey, 100% equities can work, I'm just saying that for new investors, for people that maybe haven't lived through those periods, you'll really come to learn whether that is appropriate for you or not when the time does come. And when the time does come, it's often a little bit late to uh, make those adjustments because you're already down in the hole, right? And then all the emotions flare up and then it can be a little more you know, tricky, right? So maybe actually a better way to start is to start with a baseline, more of a, you can still be aggressive and still be growth oriented, but still have some components of both. And if over the course of a few years, you're like, you know what? I'm getting the hang of this i'm not subject to these types of emotions well then maybe i will just bump up my equity exposure because that's something i can personally do that's totally totally fine but that is what i wanted to talk about today guys again i do think it's very very timely i think today there was a couple big announcements i saw the bank of canada planning potentially planning uh on raising points 50 basis points um which would obviously indicate you know higher rates possibly more of this pain to come which could be contributing a very similar story in the states and I just get more questions about this again in our Academy. This is one of the best questions. Like one of the first questions we got in our live session was, well, do I have the right appropriate weighting to bonds? And it's funny how people like, you know, for years and years probably didn't care for bonds whatsoever. They said, I don't care for that part of my portfolio. But now that the market starts to turn worse or starts to kind of drop down, it's exactly what I'm trying to say here. That's when you kind of start to realize, Oh, maybe I should be doing something like that. And uh, a good investor, someone who kind of does their stuff upfront, they set that in up in place up front so that they can prepare for this instead of reacting when the time does come. But uh, yeah, that's my video for today, guys. I wish I could give you a perfect number, but it's impossible because everybody's different. But um, use the age method kind of as a base, kind of uh, adjust, finesse it from there. And if you wanna be even more conservative and be even more prepared, use maybe some of the things that we talked about today. But um, if you guys enjoyed today's video, please do give it a thumbs up. Like I said, I really appreciate that. If you guys appreciate the content and you're learning and enjoying, that would be freaking freaking amazing. Uh, Also, do not hesitate to subscribe to the channel if you are new. We post videos like this every single week, myself and my dad. And then last but not least, again, I would highly encourage you to go check out the Investing Academy. Before this, I had a call for two hours with a literal developer guy, like a coder developer, and um, he's walking me through Everything that needs to be done to get our own platform up and running and um, no longer reliant on these other, like, you know, plug and place things, but to build our own infrastructure, to build our own apps, because I'm seeing this vision more and more, guys. It's getting, it's gonna be pretty freaking awesome. Uh, With the network of people that I know here in the YouTube space and on blogs and TikTok, um, we're in a pretty cool position where we can reach you guys and teach and educate. Like, it is, there's not too many of us that can say we have the audiences like we do. And um, I just had another, I've had multiple calls uh, for the past few days as launching this, but um, we may have just locked in another contributor on the platform. And when I say contributor, like my goal is to essentially build a one central hub where our training is on there and this person's training is on there and this person's training is on there and it's all included for you guys for $19.99 a month. So it's a rate that hopefully makes sense for your budget. And not only can you learn from me and my dad and the stuff that we produce, but you can learn from Adam. You can learn from Addy, you can learn from Moolah. You can learn from this next person who is also a Canadian. And I'm gonna say he lives in Montreal, I found out today. And um, he is very big into passive investing, passive income investing, maybe a little uh, hint there for you guys, he loves passive income investing. And he's a fr- he's a super cool dude. and. Um, I don't want to jinx anything but like this is just the start of us teaming up with all these different people and having all of this in one hub uh i'm i, I seriously see something special here and it's um it, honestly at the end of the day it's gonna be a major benefit to you guys for a cheaper price you get more than what you could ask for and um for us we are, as the contributors and us as the teachers we're able to actually teach Canadians in all realms, you know, stock market dividends, ETFs, options, real estate, like everything that you need to know the stuff that we need to know that isn't necessarily taught out there. Um, it's looking good. And, uh, yeah, that's that first link down below. I'd really encourage you guys to check it out. And if you do, um, I can't wait to see you guys inside. We have a Discord community where you basically get to follow along and chat with the community and attend our live events. You get our trade calls so you can see exactly my portfolio and every stock that I own and buy and hopefully soon more contributors so you can see others. Holy, there's so much, so much exciting stuff, but I am gonna wrap it up here guys, cause I, yeah, getting awfully late and I uh, got another early day tomorrow, but I hope you guys appreciate the video. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you guys in the next video.